This is the Squared Quote Podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Maruyama. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Squared Co. Podcast. I am your host, Mark Morris, and with me, Mr. Jared Mariyama. Good evening, Mr. Mark. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back to the airwaves of the Squared Co. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, can you actually hear me this time? I think so. I think so. So, uh, so this, well, this episode that you're about to listen to <laughs> is with the artist Jeff Granito and um, I, I'm making fun of the fact that Jerry can hear me right now because during his interview, there was a bit of weather for me and I think it affected my internet. So I had issues mm. with audio and if once you, you'll see, once you listen to the episode, I start off pretty strong and then finish strong, but you, I'm only around for maybe the first five to 10 minutes and the last five to 10 minutes <laughs> of the episode. So this is. Basically, just Jared and our guest Jeff having a conversation. So this um, is really how it should that. be. <laughs> but um, maybe, maybe some would argue otherwise. But, but this was audio uh, problems across the board. So even when I was, uh, so we couldn't hear you at all, or you couldn't hear us. I think was more the yeah, issue. Yeah, it was pretty spotty for me. But then I was getting an echo in my audio where I could hear my audio back uh, just a little bit off of what I was saying. And I can't tell you how, <clears throat> excuse me, how <laughs> disruptive that, that is. is. Yeah. Um, so there's some so, weird questions in here. You can hear me kind of like taking a long time to uh, ask a question <laughs> because it's like playing back in my ear as I'm saying it and it's throwing me off. Anyway, Jeff was great though. It was a good conversation. So I'm sorry you couldn't. Yeah, be so there for it, Mark. definitely want to. <laughs> I heard it after the fact, right. um, but I definitely want to say thank you to Jeff for being a good sport. And even though we didn't put our best foot forward, he stuck around and we had a pretty good conversation, like Jared was saying. So um, that's coming up right now. But before we start that episode, we want to say that our next one is going to be um, our Star Wars review. So this is a. a there you go. Jared's, I think that's as much singing as we'll ever get out of Jared. Yeah, that's probably enough. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to be doing The Last Jedi review. I am super excited for this movie. Um, I know I've talked to Jared a little bit about this online, and I have a similar reaction where the closer I get, the more like anxious and nervous I get. I almost get like, I don't mm -hmm. want to say sick, but I get very, very like, awkwardly like just unreasonably anxious for this oh yeah or any i know it's kind of embarrassing like i think that's uh that's like nerd dumb at its best when you get nervous uh, for a star wars movie um <laughs> you know because you kind of i'm kind of worried that it'll you know what if it's terrible i don't think it will be but you never know uh, i think it's going to yeah. be emotional because of carrie fisher and uh, it's mm -hmm. just exciting whenever there's a new uh, star wars film to see in the theater it's kind of um, overwhelming. Everything gets overwhelmed. So I am scheduled to see this thing about three times uh, <laughs> before we do our review, which is supposed oh, to happen on man. Sunday. So, so I I took off the the rest of the week for just for Star Wars. So not the rest of the week, but like it comes out on Thursday or Thursday night. So I took off Thursday and Friday, 
And I'm going to see it the earliest showing on Thursday at like our local movie theater mm-hmm. um, with my friend Ray Landsberg, who will be joining us for the uh, the Star Wars review oh, good. episode. So good. it'll be nice to have him on there. But anyways, I'm taking off time just for Star Wars. So I'm. That's like almost one-upping you in your Star Wars nerdum, Jared. So definitely. So go to our our Facebook page and our Instagram page. We're going to be doing a bunch of giveaways in conjunction with this review episode. We will announce all the details on the actual episode. uh, But we'll be showing you some of the prizes that we're going to be giving away leading up to it. And we'll do it a little different this time. But uh, make sure you're visiting the social medias to get all the information before that episode airs. And we're super easy to find all the social media. Just search Squared Co. and we will come up. Um, but we could go on with Star Wars forever. We will <laughs> probably have an hour and a half, if not a two-hour episode very shortly. So without taking up much more of your time before you get to listen to Jeff, um, here you are with the episode number 38. Enjoy. Welcome to the Squared Co. Podcast, artist and illustrator Jeff Granito. Yay. What's going on, Jeff? Hi. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's um, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I was talking, I was saying this before we started recording. Uh, recently, you were an uh, artist in residence at the Wonderground Gallery. Um, I didn't have a chance to actually physically meet you, although I was in the space. You were pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't um, want to talk to you. To people. <laughs> I, I was hoping kidding. that wasn't the case, no, no, but no, no. we hadn't no, met no, yet. I, <laughs> so I could, I could not want to talk to you yet. After this, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll see an hour from now what happens. But was that? Have you been an artist in residence before that? Was that your first time? No, doing that, that was my. Gosh, I think my either my third or my fourth time. Oh wow. This one was a little different, though, in that you did uh, you were on the computer this time. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, it was awesome. Normally, you know, you may or may not know. I know Jared knows. I'm a digital artist primarily. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, they want to make it interactive and you sit there and you are actually creating something when you're there. So what I generally do is create my um, my base illustration in the computer, print it out as a G clay. And then while I'm there, I paint on top of it to create an embellished G clay, which is how they oh, really present cool. one of a kinds in the shop. So, you know, I'm basically creating a one of a kind, but my bread and butter, what I do every day is on the computer. So that's mm-hmm. really something that I do to create a one of a kind, but not what my forte is. I should say. Right. So what, um, for, for this, uh, vector piece that you were working on, um, what did you, what did you start with, uh, when you, when you first sat down, like at the beginning of your shift, did you start from a blank slate or did you bring it in sort of kind of finished or a sketch? Well, I have found from the past that you get very little time to actually get anything done, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> primarily why the digital was so great. Because what happens is I come in with this G clay and then I'm hand embellishing it and I use acrylic. And so pretty much you, you put a brush stroke down, you mix paint. No one wants to talk to you when you're mixing paint. So right. you mix the paint, you put the brush in, somebody <laughs> wants to talk to you. So your paint's dry and your brush is ruined. So that was so great about digital is that if I wanted to explain something, I could show them on the computer mm-hmm. and you know, you could, you could undo and you could go forward and you could show them the layers. So it's interactive without actually messing up the process, which is right. kind of nice. 
Yeah. Right. What were some of the questions that you got while you were while yeah. you were doing that? I'm so curious. Uh, what program do you use? <laughs> is is mm. the one for everything? Do you use a tablet? The answer is well. The first answer is Illustrator primarily. The mm-hmm. second is no, I don't use a tablet. Okay. Um, and then so are you? You're a point and click guy, like Jerry. I am. I am. Yeah. We're we're old timers. Yeah. <laughs> we're older than the rest, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I still use the mouse. Yeah. But I think it works and I use best it, for Illustrator, don't you? Like absolutely for Photoshop and all the more painterly things. I could see using a stylus, but I still think a mouse is ideal for for Illustrator. I can't use uh, a tablet at all. I mean, I'll use the the. Uh, the pencil on mm-hmm. the iPad, and that's awesome for like you know mm-hmm. if I'm creating graphics that are supposed to look hand done, and, mm-hmm. and that's awesome. But the the precision that you get with the mouse, mm-hmm. you just can't get with the pen or pencil. Even the pencil, which is awesome, you just mm-hmm. can't get that. Yeah. I, I just and I find that even the cordless mice don't work as well as the one with the cord. It's not fast enough, or it's not as precise. Like a lag? Do you get like a lag when you're doing that? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You don't see that? No, I don't. So. <laughs> I should. I should probably. I maybe maybe just a little more anal than you. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I used to have a Cintiq, and the um, the thing that bothered me is that you could never. Oh, what's the word like? Um, you know, it would be totally calibrated in one area, but if you go to another corner, uh, it would from where you touch the screen to where the cursor is was off a little bit. And yeah, that used to drive me nuts. It's like the width of the glass or something. That's kind of how I. Ooh. Yeah, I like there's areas it where mind. it's dead on, and then you'll go to another area of the screen and or the tablet, and it's it's off. It's always a, like just off a little bit, but it's off enough to drive you nuts. Absolutely, to have to go back and change every point after you do it. There's no point in that. So yeah. did did people have uh, technical questions for you on this, or or were they so were they different than what you would have received if you were when you're hand painting like did they have more technical questions or still creativity questions yes you know i think the people who first of all let me get this the real interesting thing about the digital versus how i was doing it before Mm -hmm. is you know when i started i want to say three years ago it could have been four whenever um when i was painting and i was doing it on top of a g clay Mm -hmm. and i said i did it on a computer they discounted that I created anything. Once I said it was on the computer, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, you're painting over something that somebody else did, basically is what their, <laughs> the thought process was. <laughs> so anything I did on the computer was discounted. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen the difference in, you know, it's been about five or six years. It was a couple of years before that that I was working in the Disney Gallery. Yeah. With the, the perception of digital artists changed so much mm-hmm. that I don't know if people have kind of caught up to it. And I'm seeing that, I saw that this time is that there is digital. I mean, there is questions, technical questions, and they understand that it's not clip art that you're creating, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially when you're doing like a Mickey mouse. I think they thought I bought it on the Mickey mouse paint program that they use. You know, <laughs> they don't get the fact that I created it. Right. So, so a lot of the questions were, I thought it was going to be more questions like that, but interestingly enough, while I was sitting there on the computer, it was mostly the people who have tried to create something in the computer before mm. who understood good. that, oh, this isn't something that just happened. You actually right. have to create it. Yeah. Yeah. And you still get the, you still get the set that has no idea that right. I was moving something. And they're like, oh, so you bought clip art and then you put it together. Right. 
<laughs> I was like, no, I, I created the clip art. I mean, if you want to call it clip art, that's fine. But I created it all. And yes, I am moving it around because yeah. that's the nature of what happens. But um, I, I, I'm curious to see how fast that moves to the ranks. You know, you've got the, the younger kids who are trying to do it and mm-hmm. they understand. So I'm curious to see how far and how fast that spreads as you get older and further away from that nucleus of digital users. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, the thought of that, what you did makes me a little nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, honestly, it made everybody nervous. It's, you know, I've done this for several years and nobody wanted me to pull up my computer until now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have they ever asked you to do anything like that? Be an artist in residence? Uh, We've talked about it in general. Um, I, I've always been kind of, I thought it would sound boring to, to do illustrator <laughs> as, as a, as like that, because people are used to seeing painters in there, uh, in that window and, and, you know, painting, mm. no matter who's doing it, it looks magical. It looks arty. Uh, you know, you can see like a little bit of process and how they achieve like a lighting effect or something. And that's kind of the way people think of art and vector is not. And so just like what Jeff was saying, I felt like there would be a, like a, an educational aspect to it where you're, you're kind of teaching them, this is what we do. Right. This is, the, you know, this is the perception. This is what's the reality. Um, so it's a different, I think it's a different mindset you kind of have to be in to, to do something like that. So, uh, but I think Jeff is the first one to do it. Um, so I'll be curious to hear what their overall feedback is in addition to what Jeff has just said here. But um, would you do it again, Jeff? Yeah, I, to be honest, I'd never want to go back. Really? I want to just keep on doing digital. I mean, not only because I feel more comfortable with it, honestly. Right. But I feel like, you know, when you're sitting there painting, people know what you're doing. And yeah. It's not like a lesson. They're right. just watching you, you know, like they're watching a, a play unfold. With <laughs> digital, they're thinking and they're thinking, you know, how do you do that? And what does that mean? And to me, that was more exciting that they were just like putting all their preconceptions mm-hmm. on what I'm doing, you know? Right, 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 right. Because even when I'm painting, even when I'm embellishing a G clay, that's not what they want to see. They want me to see it, you know, like me painting an eyeball and it coming to life. And that doesn't happen when you're embellishing a G clay very much. Yeah, that's true. Did you have um, like an aha moment when it was all finished? Were you actually even able to finish um, the piece that you were working on? No. In the, <laughs> the, so you, you had to finish that offsite? I still haven't finished, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I got a, I got a, a couple... Uh, I got a little leeway with getting to finish, you know, because if people have seen it, that's fine, but it has to go in the shop and, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a rough time. So we jumped right to the Disney stuff here, but I do want to go back yeah. now a little bit and, and sort of talk about how you got there. I know, like, with everything, the Disney stuff tends to overshadow just about everything else. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Nobody else cares about yeah. anything else. That's, yeah. But, like, I'm curious to know how you started uh, drawing in general, like when you were growing up, were you always the drawing kid or did it? Come oh later? yeah. Oh, always. I was, um, from what I'm told, yeah, I would just sit there and, um, I would draw, I would write with my left hand till I got to center page. And then I start with my right hand when I got to the, to the other side and I was just <laughs> always creating and that was my thing. You know, I wasn't a star football player. Let's put it that way. Okay. <laughs> I was always in our class, you know? Yeah. What what were you drawing back then? Was it character stuff or your own stuff or were you copying things? I remember drawing a lot of Snoopy, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. And I also, strangely enough, I drew a lot of logos. I'd copy logos. <laughs> Always been kind of into that. Interesting. I know it's weird, right? But yeah, it was my own stuff too. But I've never been like a fantastical creature guy. A mm-hmm. lot of the kids in school who were drawing were drawing like dragons <laughs> with like 
you know, all these strange things. I was always straight to like corporate, like, you know, the logo <laughs> and then, you know, wrap it up very nice and clean. And just, I've always been into that. So do you remember? I didn't know what graphic design was at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people don't until college. Uh, Maybe that's different now. I don't know. Was um, I think you, it is different now. Yeah. Not when I was young. Do you remember what logos you were copying? That's so funny. Like I've Everything never heard. You can a, think of like, <laughs> I know it's weird, right? <laughs> but like Coca Cola okay, or yeah. you know, it was, that's what interested me with those kind of logos. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know what? I actually I think when I was growing up too, I did that because you know, at least for me, I wasn't a great artist and I couldn't replicate characters or create my mm-hmm. own but usually logos were and i'm talking like clothing companies mm-hmm. so they had like a distinct look and style and it was you know air quotes cool mm-hmm. so if it, it was easier to replicate because normally it was just straight lines but yeah i th- i think that might be less weird than than, than we all initially thought. yeah right <laughs> well i do remember doing the lacoste alligator i was into that mm. alligator oh yeah i do like i do remember that but yeah, I mean, it was just kind of stuff that was out there. I remember, not when I was really little, but, you know, Maui and Sons being big, and I used to draw mm-hmm. that logo over and over again. And um, Yeah, that's great. Um, I bet that's even more common now. <laughs> there seems to be a much better probably, awareness yeah. of I'm that sure stuff now. So I'm, I'm looking at your, your bio page here, uh, and it says that you went to Tufts University uh, in Boston, and then mm-hmm. you have a BFA in graphic design uh, from Art Center uh, College of Design, Pasadena. Mm-hmm. What, what did you do at Tufts? Was that also an art major for you? No, it wasn't art. I, like I was saying before, I didn't know what graphic design was. Mm-hmm. I really thought if you had artistic skills, you were either a cartoonist, mm-hmm. so you drew Snoopy, you were Charles Schultz, or <laughs> you were Van Gogh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've never steered towards fine art. I've never really had something strong I've wanted to say. I've never been the kind of person who is like, you know, political or anything like that. So I didn't have anything I wanted to say and I didn't want to be a starving artist. Right. right? And, um, you know, despite drawing Snoopy cartoons weren't my thing, you know, Mm -hmm. like comic strips. I never really got into comic strips. So that wasn't something I wanted to. So the only thing that I really thought that I could do was advertising. Yes. So I went to college to be safe. I was like, I'm not going to do art. That's crazy. I thought (laughs) thought I'd go into business of some sort, right? Yes. So I went to school, and then what happened was I interned at ad agencies every summer. So I I spent a lot of time doing what I thought I was going to do. And my final year, so the fourth summer, I found graphic design. And um, somebody in the ad agency was actually doing graphic. And um, it was before the computer. They were doing it by hand. Yeah. But it was, you know, it was typography. It was all these things that I didn't even know happened. Mm-hmm. And what I did is right away I signed up at Art Center for a class in advertising and graphics. It was a, a Art Center at night program. Mm. So it's like continuing education kind of a thing. Right. So I did both of those. And it was like I loved my graphics class and my advertising class was just drudgery. Yeah. So, um as soon as I could, I signed up for graphics. I was, that's what I was going to do all the way. That That's so interesting. Like I probably, I think we're similar in age. Um, growing up in the 80s, uh, I think especially advertising was kind of big and hot and like it was like the hip thing to do and it was all slick. and Totally. Uh, and that, I think that was what I 
thought exactly the same way that you did about that, that those were the options. You were uh, a cartoonist, mm -hmm. a, a comic book guy, but even a comic book guy seemed kind of like a crappy job at the time or like a not a cool <laughs> totally job. Totally, it did. Um, uh, it was before Comic-Con. It, it was not a great yeah, concept yeah. to do that. Uh, or even like an animator or something. Um, mm. So yeah, I thought, I thought you know what? I, animation was, it was not hot then. Yeah. Animation <laughs> was kind of a, in a slump then. Exactly. It wasn't like something you thought you'd want to do. Yeah. It was still in that sort of mystery zone too. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I did think I was going to go into advertising and it wasn't until uh, the, so right when I was graduating uh, from high school, little mermaid came out and that's sort of what pushed me to go into, mm -hmm. to create and, and even then I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. I thought animation, um, just because it did become mm -hmm. hot in that moment, like then everyone was going to be a Disney animator. So that's right. interesting. Uh, I remember watching 30 something <laughs> and they were in advertising. I, I was almost, I almost interrupted you with 30 something. Cause that was, that was like the goal. It's like, Oh, I, that sounds fun. Yeah. I could have a little hoop on the back of my door. <laughs> you could hang around and be creative. That was like it. And yeah. you know, I don't know if you, uh, bewitch Darren mm -hmm. with that's advertising. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, you know, interestingly enough in high school, I did art center, uh, what they call it? art center high or something oh, like that. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. And I had tried different things and, you know, it was like, Oh, I tried car design, which I was horrible at. Mm. I mean, that's like, I was horrible at it. Um, I tried a couple other things. So I knew the school, I felt familiar with going there. Mm -hmm. So to me, it wasn't like, it was kind of the natural thing. Oh, if you're going to do art, you're going to go to art center. Okay. So you were pre-exposed to that whole culture. Yes, uh, of course. So, but yes. how were how when you were in the program and it, you know, it definitely means more, I think, when you're doing this uh, for your actual degree, were, were the um, like were the critiques um, vicious? Was it <laughs> was it uh, scary? There was a couple scary? people. Yeah, there was a couple legendary people who, you know, that you knew going in that they were going to throw your stuff on the floor and they were going to check for paper cuts on the side of the board <laughs> because at that time it was all cut and paste, you yes. know. Yes. So, um yeah, I mean, there was those people that you were afraid of. And yeah, I mean, people did cry and run out of the room. And you did, <laughs> you know, stress out. And But honestly, I look at Art Center and I thought it was tough at the time. Yeah. But it's real life. So yes. really what it was just an introduction to what it's like to work. And so if you're going to cry during that, I think there's a personality. Either you cry during that and you don't go into that business. Or mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I understand that. It's you know, this was, I could do better. And then you approve and then you understand that it's not personal. I mean, right. graphics is not a personal thing. People who are trying to put out a message and, you know, fine art people don't do well in graphics generally. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, uh, that's one of the main things I always say is the plus for going to art school um, is like, if yeah. you can come away with that skill of sort of separating yourself from you know, the critique and the work and the comments, then uh, that's the best thing you could probably leave college with. And I think, I don't even think most of us do, uh, <laughs> but that's kind of one of the things I had to learn very quickly was to not um, take yeah. it too personally. Yeah, totally. And you know what? I've always had a thing where, you know, if you'd something, something, say something personally to me, I could take offense to that. But with art, even when I was little, it's like, oh, well, you could have done that better. I was like, yeah, you're right. I could have done that better. Yeah. So critiques never really got to me personally. That's good. So then from from Art Center, where did you go? Did you did you go to like a like a agency or something? Or what, what was your first job out of college? So I, you know, I went to Tufts. 
I planned on, you know, moving to New York and with my advertising dream, you know, mm-hmm. I was going to go work in advertising in New York. That was my thing. Yeah. So when I went back to school, I was like, Oh, that's fine. I'm going to learn. And then I'm going to go back to New York. So I had it in my mind the whole way through school that I was going to go to New York. So what I did was right before I graduated, I got a headhunter in New York mm. and went on interviews and got um, a job in an agency. Interbrand Schechter was my first job. Mm. And they were kind of a cross between a, they did, they were really known for their naming okay. division, but they also had packaging and logos, which I was interested in. And then they also had like style guides. So it was really corporate. That's what I wanted to do. It was perfect for me, mm-hmm. especially in that I got in there and it was exactly what I wanted to do. And I liked it, but I hated New York. Oh. So, so I had to figure out like, okay, so I got everything I wanted, but it's not for me. Mm. So, and I, I, a sideline to that, I did get married during our center. Mm. I met my wife or my future wife, my uh, first term, and we got married uh, between our fourth and fifth uh, term out of eight. So did you have an area in design or advertising that you were interested in? I know you've mentioned a lot that you've worked with logos from a pretty early age. Is Was that the, the area that you were interested in getting in, or was there something Absolutely. else I wanted to do logos. you were interested in working with? No, I wanted to do okay. logos. That's really all I really cared about. I wanted to do the logos. I wanted to do the um, collateral that went with it. I just wanted to do like traditional corporate design. And I did it. And I went out there, and I got to do it. And I realized, okay, that's great, but my personal life, you know, my marriage, that kind of thing was more important to me. So um, what happened was... I feel okay about it because I went to New York, I got the job I wanted, and I still it still wasn't what I wanted. So then I realized I'm going to move back to California. I'm from Orange County. We moved back to Orange County, and then I'm going to figure it out. Mm. And so there was no looking back. I, I haven't done logos since. I mean, kind of, a little mm-hmm. bit here and there, but there was no looking back. So I moved back to Orange County, and I was going to see what there was. And Inner Brand Schechter had a... Had a um, office here mm. that I was going to apply to, but um, I knew some people working at Disney uh, consumer products and Disney stores, and I started getting a little bit of freelance there, uh-huh. and that's kind of how it started. So I started so right away with can, Disney. If I can go back, though, what was it about New York that you didn't like? Was it just the the actual the city, like living in that city, or was it other other things? I was newly married. The city was a lot of people who were single, who wanted to go to work and not work during work, but they wanted to make it a whole nightlife and day. Was mm-hmm. their, their whole life was working. And I was thinking, you know, I want to just go to work and then come home right. and you know, be with my wife. And I was living in New Jersey because we couldn't afford the city. And it just, it just wasn't working. My wife wanted to have kids. So, you know, it just it wasn't the right time for me to yeah. be there and it wasn't the right circumstance right but nothing against new york sure sure but yeah just wasn't sure, for me sure. well and, and you grew up in california so that's a that's a big transition <laughs> yeah and you know when i went to school in boston it was snow i could deal with that but when i got to live there and you're out of the campus i had to shovel snow i mean that was like you know when you're in school you don't do any of that yeah. it was like real winter when you're living there you know so 
So were these, uh, you're working at an agency in New York and we'll come back to California in a second here. I'm curious about this, this, yeah. uh, agency time that you did. Uh, was it what you thought it was going to be as far as, um, like what you had seen on 30 something sort of that, uh, tennis shoes and jeans and bow ties, suspenders kind of thing. <laughs> like, was it, uh, was you know it, what? It was more lax than that. I, oh, really? I went in for my interview with the suit and they're like, uh, take that off. Don't wear that. <laughs> you know, it was, um, which was which was good at the time. I didn't care about that. Now you, you know, if I have to put on shoes, I'm upset. But <laughs> at the time, I was fine with that, mm-hmm. and um, it was everything I thought it was going to be. You yeah. know, it was like the basketball hoop was there. The, <laughs> um, you know, it was the meetings were fun, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't worth my personal life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we'll leave that then. Um, so you come back to California, and then you just start working freelance right off the bat? Uh, yeah, and it wasn't my plan. I was thinking I was going to get a job, but I just got some freelance jobs. Mm-hmm. And I found that, and you know, I did get to do some stuff, and I really actually did get some good jobs in New York. Yeah. Was, so I had experience with doing logos, and I did the style guides, and I did everything. When I came back here, and I got some jobs with... Um, Disney stores and things mm-hmm. in the consumer products. Um, I realized that a logo is basically a t-shirt graphic mm-hmm. in, you know, just blown up. I mean, not blown up, you know, just plussed up. Yes. So I like that felt really comfortable to me. So how did you land that first Disney contract? Cause that's a big, that's kind of starting big. Um, like, was it, did you have a, someone finding you work here? Like, would you have an agency that was doing that or did you just, no, I just knew a couple. Of, I lived here, so I knew a couple of people who mm-hmm. were doing this, and I um, they needed help. They were freelancers who needed help, so oh. I was like, "Oh, you can help me with your freelance job." And I did that for a long time. I was undercover freelance for a long time. <laughs> um, you know, like the free. They didn't say who that I was doing stuff, right? Mm. And then actually, what happened while I was still doing that, we were living in a place that we had just moved into, and. Um, my wife had had a baby yeah. and the first Halloween we were passing out candy and somebody came to the door and it was a pretty, it was a new area. So everybody's kind of meeting each other. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. we were talking and that person was the uh, merchandise uh, director at Disneyland. Mm, wow. And just so happened, she's like, Oh, you know, what do you do? You know, just like you would do with everybody. And I was, I do graphic design. She's like, Oh really? What are you doing? And at the time, the ESPN stores were opening. Uh-huh. So I was doing that, which was, you know, a division. In ex- at that time, it was an exciting division of Disney. You yeah. know, it was opening, it was new. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, really? I need some stuff for Disneyland. I said, great. So I went in the next couple of days later. I went in um, and talked about what I had done with you know, ESPN and things like that, showed them my limited portfolio because it was limited. And they just tested me out on a project. Uh-huh. And it worked out. Wow. So at this point, I mean, you came from a, you know, an advertising background and for school and everything. Mm-hmm. What, where was Disney sort of on your radar? Like, was this a company that you wanted to work for at some point or was it kind of not? I had never place? thought about it. I honestly, <laughs> you know, so it's funny. So Little Mermaid came out. I must be a little bit older because a Little Mermaid came out after that kind of, uh, I don't know, that influential moment in my life. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Disney was not hot at the moment. And mm-hmm. I, I have to say that people I went to Art Center with 
looked at me unfavorably that I would stoop so low as to work for Disney. <laughs> it was not, it was not, um, yeah. Cool. Let's put it that way. But I liked it cause it was like logos, mm-hmm. you know? And while I wasn't necessarily a character fan of Disney, I grew up going to Disneyland. I had the annual pass, you know, as yeah. soon as that there were offered annual passes, I had annual passes. I was going to high school. I loved the parks. So mm-hmm. like the imagineering aspect of it, I absolutely adore the parks and knew them inside and out. So when I had a project for the park at that point in time, character, it was like, you kind of hid the character because nobody wanted to see that. Mm-hmm. The, the question was, if we put Disneyland on it, people won't buy it. You mm-hmm. know, so you have to kind of hide everything. <laughs> um, so that was cool for me, you know, to kind of integrate park and hide it. That was kind of worked for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it is amazing to see how far it's come in, in what feels like a relatively short amount of time, uh, but it, it's, it's not. Absolutely. I get it. But, but yeah, just the opposite now, probably. And it's, it's probably difficult for people to even think that there was a time when uh, that would be the case, uh, either that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that people didn't think of Disney as, uh, like right now, it seems like everybody wants to get into Disney, right? <laughs> um, it's crazy. Yeah, people say, how did you do it? And for me, it was like, well, nobody else wanted to do it, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Yeah. So were you taking on a a bunch of jobs at this time or was Disney keeping you pretty busy once you started on that track? Once I started, it was keeping me busy. And at that time, you know, we didn't own a house. We were renting a little place. We didn't need a lot of money. So it was Mm -hmm. fine that I was freelancing. I was, they were keeping me busy. I would do little side things here and there, but um, yeah, they were keeping me pretty, pretty busy. And I thought that was great. I thought, you know, I'm set. I'll just do Disney it'll never change. And, you know, eventually it did change. Like there's a reorganization and that happens pretty often. Once you're there long enough, you realize that nothing lasts forever. So, um, ever since then I was like, you know, I, I have to branch out. I can't do all Disney. I can't work with this company. I can't give them devote all my time to them. So it was a rough lesson at, at first, but yeah. So it happened. So did you, did the flow of work stop or was it, did it become uneven at some point? Um, at one point in time, it stopped. There was a reorganization and there was no more work to be had. Really? And um, it eventually came back. Yes. But it was a shock to me. I didn't I didn't know. I was stupid. I didn't know that there were reorganizations. I didn't know that people left their job and didn't. Pe- the other person who took over didn't hire you anymore. It never occurred to me. Right. I, I think that is the lesson every freelancer learns. Like, it's almost like you have to learn that in a painful way. Uh, even, totally. You even, do, because otherwise you think it's everything's fine, right? Yeah, exactly. Sorry. All right. I got to address the elephant in the room here. Jared's been taking over this conversation, but <laughs> my audio is so bad right now. I figured. I think, Jeff, you probably live close to me. It's super windy where I'm at. And um, I've got to assume that it's affecting my internet connection because it's it's pretty bad. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> but um, anyways, I'm going to jump in really quick here while I can. Um, I So I work in the agency circles, too. And it, it's interesting that you say that, like, you know, when people left, you stopped getting work because I see that throughout the years that I've been in the agency circles as well. But the new thing now is like they'll come as almost teams where you know, if you are a new art director to a, uh, an agency, you have your little freelancers that you always hire. So wherever they end up, they bring the freelance team at, that they'll hire for whatever job makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was true with me, too. That basically is how I built my clientele. You know, everybody left. It was yeah. rough. But then when they moved places, 
It's like, oh, I know this guy we can hire. But, you know, there's a yeah. learning curve in that. And sometimes it doesn't always work. Just because an art director moves doesn't mean that their boss wants to use me, you know? Right. There's there's definitely, um, I won't get too deep into it, but there's there's politics involved. Sure. Too. I mean, yeah, I, sure. that's everywhere. I don't, you know, I don't think that that's, it's just more terrifying for um, freelancers, I think, because I think the like when you're going to get laid off from a job, there's a bit of a process usually. And, you know, there's a, you get a sense in the office that things are coming or things are changing. Yes. With freelance, it could just be you stop hearing from them altogether. <laughs> you know, And that's the hard part. I yeah. mean, is, is that you don't hear. You could be in the middle of a project and then all of a sudden, you know, they're calling you twice a day and you're like, OK, let me, you know making time for them. And then all of a sudden they won't return your call. <laughs> and, um, that's hard, you know, especially for a young guy. I, I thought I was having relationships with people, right. which it turns out that I was with most people, mm-hmm. but it's not always the case. I mean, it's a lot of times. And even to this day, I think that everything's going fine. And then something behind the scenes happens. They don't necessarily tell me what happened. Exactly. I just never hear from you again. Yeah. So, so that's the way of the world. This is this is an interesting thing because I think this is uh, something for all freelancers or, or even people working just in the illustration industry. But how did you adjust that so that it didn't happen again? Did you at some point have to turn down Disney stuff just so that you had time to build up a relationship with other clients? You know, as you know, as a freelancer, you never turn down anything. Right, right. I mean, you can't say no. Right. So, no, I didn't turn things down, but I did actively seek other other things, you know, I, I did cold call. I did look, you know, I could be busy, but I'm still looking at, uh, you know, job postings and right. things like that to supplement what I'm doing. And, you know, it's not, it's hard because it wasn't the same pay necessarily. And it mm-hmm. wasn't the same great organization and the same great projects, but you just got to keep it open. Yeah. And did you ever have representation or have you always done this just on your own? My first job, I got through headhunter. Mm-hmm. I've tried going to, um, 24 seven a couple of times, but mm-hmm. um, nothing against them, but it has never worked out. I got one job in my entire life from yeah. uh, an, uh, a creative agency. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. I'm always curious. I, I, it's a question I get a lot. So I'm always curious to hear where, where other people um, fall on that. Um, Do you? No. Do you have representation? So far I have not had to go that route. I, I, I have found that it, it seems necessary in um, specific fields, like maybe publishing your, your better, like uh, children's books. If that's really what you want to do, it seems like yeah. you almost can't do that on your own. Uh, but so far I've been lucky enough that I haven't done that. I, I'm not against it. I just, if the time comes and that makes sense, yeah. I'm all for it. But uh, so far I haven't, we've kind of brought you almost all the way up to where we are now for the most part. But yeah. at what point did you start uh, doing things digital? When I was interning yeah. my last year, that same place I saw the graphic designer, uh-huh. Hort came out that year. Uh-huh. So uh, so I remember sitting with the production artist who, was, who I kind of reported to the production person. So I did the um, stat cameras and paste up and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we played around with Quark. Uh, so when I started Art Center, uh, computers were there almost immediately. There weren't computer classes, but we were, you know, as students, we, we had computers and we were like printing stuff out and pasting it together mm-hmm. and like seeing what we could do with that. So pretty much right away. So as I started my creative, like my real creative career, I mean, not messing around as a kid, yeah. I had a computer. Um, Illustrator came out somewhere in that time. I was doing all uh, 
Quark in Photoshop until maybe halfway through mm-hmm. my my career at Art Center. And um, so yeah, so the answer is yes. I and you know those first couple jobs I did freelancing, you know, I basically learned the computer while struggling to do the projects. It was more about learning the computer than it was creating anything, you know. Yeah. So at that point then were they were they insisting that you use a computer and you had to figure it out or was it just another tool that could be used? Like did, was it a hard uh, turnover all of a sudden? You know what? I think that's probably why I got the job mm. that I did because as a kid, we were a little bit more advanced in the computers. So yeah. I got jobs digital inking Barney for some foam toys. <laughs> I got jobs, you know, doing uh, a lot of digital inking. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's why I actually was able to work, to be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. because I did have that computer skill. So what are you using these days then? Are, are you mostly Adobe Illustrator or is it still a mix of, of programs? Uh, about 98% Illustrator, mm-hmm. especially, you know, at the time when we were, Illustrator back then was basically, uh, you know, page maker or whatever it was, you know, it was like yeah. you could draw a circle, you could do a square. And um, I've kind of always used Photoshop as little as I have to. And at this point in time, you know, uh, when Illustrator got transparency, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, I can use Photoshop that much less. When they got blurs, I could use that much less, feathering, all that stuff. So now Illustrator is to the point where uh, I create on Photoshop if my client wants it in Photoshop. Otherwise, it's Illustrator. Yeah. I mean, Illustrator for me has been like, no one has a problem if you say, oh, it's going to be Illustrator. Like, they're usually pretty happy that yeah, you're going to no. give them that file. Um, what, yeah. what about Illustrator then? Uh, whether this was conscious or just the way it kind of went with your work, what made you go to that program? Because I remember when I first started using it back in the late, oh God, I don't remember. I, I did it for a college course and uh, my first exposure, I hated it. I, I thought, this is so tedious. How can mm-hmm. anyone do anything with this? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, this is harder than drawing. You know, it's like, um, yeah, it totally is. And until you get it, yeah, until it clicks, right. And what at what point was that for you? Was it a specific project, or did you just like get forced? You know, to honestly, it? doing those digital inks, mm-hmm. those doing the digital inks, made forced me to. Um, you know, I was tracing shapes. Yeah. So it forced. It was just like you know, doing a tutorial, basically. You know, tracing shapes, getting to to load those curves and how to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you can do that, then that's the key. Once you figure out how to do the curves and they look the way you want them to, you're set. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, but boy, uh, when you're learning that, it feels... Oh, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It was good money back then. So it was, you know, I remember doing those stupid inks that now would have taken me no time at all and doing spending hours on them and having to get up and like, you know, pace because it was so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 was, it was not fun to learn. Yeah, that's exactly what I did too. I had an internship and we had to just turn out this massive amount of clip art. Um, you know, just like so many pieces a day we had to get out and it was all Illustrator and you had no choice. You had to learn Illustrator yeah. and like, how can you? And back then, like you said, it was a very different tool. <laughs> like you really yeah, it created was everything. Um, yeah. No shortcuts. No, not a lot of these filters and tools that we have now. But how... So now that you're using it after all these years, are you good about keeping up with the updates and the new features or are you still using it kind of like the way you did back then? Uh, I do try. I'm, I'm sure I'm not schooled in, you know, the, the new things that come out, mm-hmm. but I do when it's something exciting, you know, I do look, okay, where are the new features? Oh, it's transparency. Oh, it's um, like recently 
uh, Minuos Illustrator has a great feature where you click on it, there's a little video next to it. So I learned puppet distortion about, I mean, literally with a week ago, and I thought that was really cool. That's something I can use. I was doing it my own way before, but that seems very cool. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that is, so I will have to. <laughs> I will have to look into that. <laughs> it's, the, it's where you normally would have the free distort. There's a, a push pin, and uh, you you select uh, like radius points, uh-huh. and then you can distort based on the radius oh. and multiple radiuses. Oh. It's very cool. See, I like I always say I could probably take uh, a class on Illustrator, even even though it's something I use every day for the past, I don't know, oh, how many yeah. years, I could still take a class and be just blown away probably by what it can do now. <laughs> I, I would be the same way. Yeah. Absolutely, I'd be the same way. <laughs> so you've been, I mean, you have a lot of clients. We're going to talk about Disney a little bit here because I know everyone's always interested in the Disney stuff. You have done just about everything you can uh, as a as a freelance <laughs> artist working for Disney, you've done Vinylmations, you've done the the popcorn yeah. bags that are out now that are just everywhere. Really cute Mickey Mouse on those guys. Um, you've done stuff for the cruise lines <laughs> for Alani, and um, just everything. I think I, I don't think there's anything you haven't quite touched yet at, uh, on some project. One of the projects I wanted to ask you about specifically that we talk about on the show quite a bit uh, is you got to do some work for Club Thirty Three. Yes. Can you tell us a little uh, bit about yeah, that? that was, yeah. Sure. Um, the interesting thing about Club Thirty Three is it's such a small organization. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in this master. When you go, when you do Disney, as you know, Jared. I mean, there's like so many levels and people looking at it, and uh, so many cooks in the kitchen, for instance. Mm-hmm. With Club Thirty Three, there's just a couple. So that's it's a very small organization, right? Within the big one, so that's fun. Um, I have. I grew up going to Club Thirty Three. Oh, so you did. Oh, wow. The interesting. Did. I did. Wow. Yeah. So the interesting thing to me is that I, I was more familiar as a guest of Club Thirty Three than I was as a Disney a Disney contractor. Yeah. So I think that was a plus for me because I knew the experience pretty well. So that was part of the reason I think that it was appealing for me to work on the stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that I knew somebody that worked there in the organization. Uh, so I had known her from high school and she had seen my name and what are you doing? Oh, well, why don't you do some stuff for us? So just like everything else, it was kind of luck of the draw and I, and I've been doing it and the people are awesome and it's fun, but I hate to say it, but you know, it's not the mystique to me. So when right. I was first doing it, I wasn't like, wow, I'm going to go in club 33. I was like, oh yeah, okay. I know that I can do that. <laughs> so I hate to say that because it burst bubbles. I know, <laughs> I know that people want to do it, but, um, uh, you know, I, I always tell my kids that too. Like when something sounds so great and you get to do it, that doesn't have, it's not usually how it happens. Usually you get closer and closer and closer. And when that step happens, it's like, oh yeah, I mean, that's the natural progression. Things don't generally fly out of the sky and like right. in the face, like you're going to do something. Right. <laughs> that's what, so, so you, was your family members of 33 or were you friends with them? Like that? I think that's the more interesting part of that, that story is that you grew up going to this very exclusive club as a my, kid. Yeah. My, um, my father had a company and the company was members. Uh, they had a membership and he was one of the, he was, a, a pretty early a member from pretty early on mm-hmm. that's really cool like so yeah so i'd spend thanksgiving there i'd <laughs> go there for um when i graduated from art center me and my wife we had a party there 
Yeah, so it was kind of, and to be honest, and I know, again, this is kind of like blasphemous to say, but as a kid, I didn't like going. <laughs> you know, you wanted to go to the park as a kid, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was fun to walk through the park, and you had to dress up back then. So it wasn't fun for me to go to the Disney, Disneyland dressed up and, you know, walk walk and you'd like trapped there for a right. four course meal yeah. <laughs> when I'd rather be on the ride, you know? Yeah. I, so again, it's, I know it's blasphemous. It's just my perspective is different than I think most people's are. But that's an interesting perspective, I think. And one we don't, we don't get to hear a lot, especially cause it never occurs to me that, yeah, kids don't give a crap about club 33. It's probably the antithesis of going to Disneyland actually to them. Right. Cause <laughs> it totally is. And you know what? The food is kind of fancy. Yeah. <laughs> and then later on, they did like a, you know, as time went on, things change and, the, and the, like there was a lunch buffet and you got to get spaghetti. But when I was, you know, as a kid, it was, you know, it was plated. It was, mm-hmm. you know, the, the thing I did like was you could choose either a Donald duck or a Mickey mouse. And the Donald duck was green and the Mickey mouse was, Red. So that was the big thrill, really. I would have liked to gone in there, got a Donald Duck, and then left. <laughs> and there was no fancy sippers and no like light up straws. It was either a green cherry or a red cherry. So <laughs> see, that's great. I've had a lot of people have no idea what you're talking about. So I think that's and the other fun thing about Club Thirty Three. Um, the other thrilling part to me was that you got a matchbook with your last name. I, yeah, I used to hear about that. I, I From quite a while ago, I remember hearing about that. Or they would do a, a lot more of that stuff back then, like your name on a lot of stuff, whether it was like a dessert or something like that. They they do that. That's they had a foil stamp machine that they really got some use out of. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I didn't know what that meant. It was just magically on a matchbook. It's funny that it was a matchbook, right? But Yeah, exactly. Those are, those are my biggest memories. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that to hear that perspective because I, I don't think I've met anyone who said they went as a as a kid. Um, so you must get asked this all the time, and I'm going to do it to you now, and I know you probably hate this, but like we said, so many people want to work for Disney, and you've been very successful in doing it. And you, you came in at an interesting time, I think, in the company. You've certainly yeah, seen sure. a lot of change. But what... Um, what advice do you give to people who say, I want to work for Disney? And, and it's a bit of a loaded question, I know, because, you know, it's, it's a difficult one to, to be answer. honest. For, from my perspective, I honestly, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, because my circumstance was so strange. And I think everybody has kind of the same thing. It was like, it's not a clear path. Right. From what I gather, and it's really just a, a third party observation is that the internships are the way to go these days mm-hmm. for a young person who wanting to join the company. If you're not somebody who has a, an established skill and you're coming in as a, you know, as an expert, it seems like the, the uh, internships are the way to go. Yeah. Um, and it seems, and I think like with most places, it seems like it's um, word of mouth and, and kind of who, you know, uh, like for e- sure, even in the most casual sense, not that you have to, try to be friends with these people, but just uh, everyone you meet uh, seems to have the potential to be uh, a future job. You just don't know where people are going to land, you know, where people are going to move around and stuff. Um, For sure. Yeah. You've seen a lot of change then since you've been working for the company and stuff. Um, And you've worked for a lot of like different companies too. I want to talk a little bit about the stuff like you do for Hotel Coronado um, because mm-hmm. you've managed to create this great style that sort of works across the board. Um, but how did you, we'll start with how did you sort of land that Hotel Coronado gig? Cause that's pretty exciting. It is exciting. Um, 
I was working with somebody who was selling a product to Hotel Del Coronado. Mm-hmm. And I was at a trade show with them. And I wasn't working the trade show. I just so happened to, you know, they were using my art to put on product. So uh, it was, he was a, he was a friend of mine. And, you know, from working, we became friendly. Yeah. And I was at the trade show and uh, the buyer from, the Dell came in with her assistant who now I know um, she came in and she was like, I'm running late, but I just want to see what you have. Just give me a line sheet and I'll order it later. But she said she was from the hotel Del Granado. And I was like, Oh my God, I love that place. Yeah. Cause we went there as a kid, you know, it's close to me. And I was like, I want to do art for you. And she's like, Oh, okay. So my friend who was selling products um, kind of furthered that relationship by connecting me officially. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of the first product that I think I just did a, I did a piece of art that that person, it was wood signs. So my friend put that wood sign in the store uh-huh. and then I created a piece of art out of that. And I said, you want to put this in your store? And they did. So that's kind of how it started. Interesting. It was successful. And, um, I just kind of added more and more stuff that I could show them. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's kind of grown from there. I, it's never been as blown up as it was for Christmas this year mm-hmm. where I'm doing, you know, I have a, like a gallery wall and it was themed to uh, the theme of the, of the, the Christmas decor. Oh. And that was, a, you know, that was like a concerted effort. But in the past, like three years ago, I did a piece of art. Like I would, I'd say, Hey, you know, this is something I created and then I could go in and I could sell it on commission. Um, and it just so happened I did a Christmas one and they liked it. And so they based the Christmas ornament on it. So that was kind of the start of the whole Christmas thing. And then, um, so that was not last year, but the year before. And then last year, um, they said, Oh, the ornament worked out. Will you come up with some concepts for the ornament? So I did that. And then this year it was, we want to base ornament on a piece of art and have like a capsule collection of your art. And then that's where it is now. That's interesting. It's been a progression like everything else. It didn't just happen, but, um, it was that chance meeting. But you took advantage of that. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, again, like like I was familiar with Disney, that was a place I was comfortable with. So I felt like I knew the resort. I knew the property. I knew the customer. And, you know, there's very few places you, you really know intimately like that. Mm-hmm. What is coming up next for you as far as Hotel Del Coronado? Was this Christmas thing the most current thing right now? Or do you have something coming up? Yeah, so uh, the Christmas... It runs through. So what happened was they asked me to do uh, seven pieces of art, original pieces of art, mm-hmm. to hang in their lobby and then create product from. And one of them was the, the annual Christmas ornament. So this week I'm going down, and on Saturday I was signing the ornaments. Oh, cool! Tomorrow I'm going for. Well, this is recorded later, but when I do it, I'm signing for their members. I'm signing for their Christmas festival. I'll sign another day, and then the product and the the art lives in the hotel throughout the. Oh, very cool. Do you like, uh, you do a lot of that. Like we talked about the uh, artisan residents at Wonderground and, and the signings that you're doing at the hotel. Do you like uh, doing those uh, appearances? Now I do. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't always, but I, you know, at Disneyland, uh, there was times when I, you know, you said you took advantage of the opportunity with Del. There was times I did not take advantage of it because I, I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I wasn't comfortable selling illustrations because hmm. I was a graphic designer. Oh. Um, and then beyond that, since I wasn't even comfortable with the illustrator, I certainly wasn't comfortable with being a quote unquote fine artist. So yeah, there's been a, there's been a pretty huge growing curve with that. So that's funny. When did that, um, 
when did that shift happen for you? I, I didn't even think about there being sort of a distinction for you sort of between graphic design and character stuff. Uh, when did the character stuff then start becoming, because I, I kind of think of you right now primarily for the character stuff. <laughs> I know. Uh, I kind of am an illustrator now. I'm, honestly, uh, until like a year or two ago, I wouldn't have ever like put me even a slash illustrator or the graphic designer. Mm-hmm. Plus I do a couple of things, you know, pretty much now I've, I realize I look around all my jobs are pretty much illustration. Yeah. So, uh, that happens probably little by little. I could always draw not, you know, not all graphic designers can draw. Right. So right. I would basically out of necessity, you know, I've never took pictures and I've never worked for, you know, since that first time where people had resources to buy photography. Mm-hmm. So, Basically, I'd have to embellish my work with illustrations because I could do it. You mm-hmm. know, I could. My it's just my time. I didn't have resources to anything else. So little by little, I do that. And you know, I used to hire character artists and I used to hire illustrators to to um, do my jobs. You know, mm-hmm. I do the concepting and then I hire someone to draw the Mickey out. And little by little, it's like, oh, I could do that. So I'll do the things I felt comfortable with. And little by little. I stopped hiring people and just did it. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. So then you've been doing this for for quite a while. uh, And I kind of want to go back to the the advice thing. Do you do you have any sort of uh, secrets to longevity in this industry? Because like you said, there there are times when there's a lot of work or or you just happen to be riding a wave where things are going really well and it feels like it's going to last forever. But I think mm-hmm. it's guaranteed that it won't, right? Uh, it's always going to mm-hmm. ebb and flow or change. Like, what advice do you give? Is it adaptation? Do you feel like you've adapted to it? Or yeah. do you feel like you have to ride out things? <laughs> I, th- I think you got to change. I think you got to constantly change. First of all, don't say no. We touched on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the biggest, the biggest thing. You can't say no. I remember uh, every year, the weekend, the Thanksgiving weekend, someone would come up to me it would be a new client or a client I didn't know very well and ask me to do a horrendous job. All right. And they'd call me on Wednesday and they'd want me to work all Thanksgiving and get it done. And those inevitably for the first 10 years of my career, I spent Thanksgiving weekend doing something that I really didn't want to do. Right. Um, but you don't say no. Yeah. And I still don't say no. The other thing has changed. You know, like I said, I'm an illustrator now. I, you know, 20 years ago, I would have never, thought that that would happen uh-huh. i would have never believed that that could happen and you know selling art as like fine art i still can't say it honestly <laughs> i still can't even say fine art um you know as an artist that's not like uh, a you know commission thing that's just you know it's taking advantage of the opportunities and i've always said that you know people don't call me to do logos generally they call me to do illustrations so mm-hmm. i think when people come to you and ask for it that's what you're good at that's what they want you to do um, yeah and it's not always what you want to do so uh, we both come from a time before social media. How, how has that, I mean, to me, it's invaluable. Like I can't uh, imagine doing this now without it. Uh, and, and we certainly didn't grow up knowing that that was going to be a tool in our arsenal. But mm-hmm. um, was that something you adapted to right away? Were you sort of a reluctant person to go to social media or have you enjoyed that part of it? Uh, I have enjoyed it from the beginning, but I certainly wasn't ever intending on doing it. Actually, someone at Disney said, well, if you want people to show up when you sign things, you have to tell them. So you have to go on social media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it was a it was a not so subtle nudge to do it. Yeah. And um, yeah, no. So they kind of made just like they they kind of had me do art mm-hmm. without me really wanting to. <laughs> right. You know, right. like 
I would do logos and I'd go and sign things uh, for the logo, you know, at events like that. And then they're like, well, why don't you do a little piece of art? Like, no, no, no. Eventually I said, okay, I'll do that. And then I'd go and sign it. But it was still like, I was like, there was all the artists there and then it was me <laughs> as like the add-on. So um, <laughs> then when I did uh, Wonderground, yeah. you know, they were like, do you sell art? No, I just do what you asked me to. Right. They're like, well, you can do the artist in residence, but you have to bring art. You have to bring something that is non-Disney that nobody asked you to do. And that's why I did it in the first place, because I had to fill that corner of the store. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize it was that recent that that was yeah. the case. Uh, so I know we're, we're getting close to the end here. There's a few more questions I want to get in before we do wrap up. But um, I wonder if you can talk about uh, your style. Um, how did you uh, arrive at this current style that you are currently working in? Is it something that you set out to do specifically or, or did it just sort of develop over time? It's really just something when people like it, I'll do more of it. I mean, it's just <laughs> basically the same thing, you know, uh, I hate to say it, but I just, I go by people's reaction. If yes. people like it, then that must be, that's what I should do more of. So, you know, I'm still, I st even though it's art and I'm selling it as my own and I, believe me, I do believe in what I'm doing, Yes, but it's still, it's still an evolution of what people like, what people want to see. I agree. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I don't know if like your hesitation to say that answer, I completely um, respond to. Um, it's like you're not supposed to say that almost, right? Like you're supposed right. to say. Well, but the thing is, you have to remember, I wouldn't want to be a fine artist. That's <laughs> certainly not my goal. Yes. Basically, all of a sudden people are buying stuff that I would do for other people. Yes. I and it's not, it's not, I'm not 100% comfortable with it still. Right. But if people are requesting it, then I'll do it. You know, mm -hmm. that's kind of what you have to do. Well, and I always think uh, we are in commercial art. We're commercial artists. Like there's, there's yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's why absolutely. I say you cannot, uh, even just saying you're an illustrator, I'm an illustrator implies an audience. So you yeah. have to have an audience in mind when you're doing these things. And to pretend that you don't would, I'm like, well, then, you're doing something different. <laughs> you know, you're not right. You know, but I'm no bones about it. I'm not going to, I, I'm not going to sell myself as a fine artist. I'm not right. Right. But if people like it and they want to buy it, that's, I'm all for that. And little by little, I'm, I'm putting more of myself into things, mm -hmm. but I always have an audience, you know? Yeah. And I'm, you know, when I'm doing the stuff for the Dell, I'm like, well, what do you want? What is it? Oh, it's the winter whimsy. So I'm going to make it whimsical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's nothing more daunting to me than when they say, do whatever you want. Um, because I, I almost have to give myself a fake assignment, a, a challenge, uh, just to somehow frame, I totally agree. <laughs> frame the work in some way that it makes sense and that there's some parameters. But, um, but you know, I found in my, in my job that, you know, you give people options. I would do an option of what I think they'd like, and then I do an option of what they're expecting, and then I give an option of what I like what I like never, they never go for what I like. So <laughs> I've learned, you know, you know, to like playing with fire. If I like it, nobody else does, right. <laughs> you know, because I want something totally different, you know, than I would normally see. And so it's so unexpected. It's so not what people want to see that that's not what they want to see. Yeah. So that's great. I think that's completely refreshing to hear. Um, is there, um, this will be my last question. Cause I know I don't want to keep you too long here tonight, but is, is there, a dream project that's out there for you still it, it, you're, you're doing a lot of stuff, a lot of work and you're doing it for these very high profile companies and a lot of exposure, but is there something out there still that you either want to conquer or to take on or a client that you want to work with? To be perfectly honest, the thing that I would have wanted to do 
I can't do anymore. I've <laughs> always, I was a Prince fan. Prince died. I always wanted to do something for Prince oh. and he's dead now. So, so that was my dream job that will never be. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Michael Jackson just released a new album. <laughs> that's true. This past oh, year. that's right. That's right. And I, I forget the artist's name, so I'm not going to guess. But I'm, I follow the artist that did the illustration for his new album. That Halloween so one. So there is still hope. Yeah, yeah I the guess Halloween one. One of my in college, Pixies were my ultimate band. Mm. I, I tomorrow, oh. tomorrow, a Pixies poster releases. So that was a dream oh. project. Um, you know, oh, so you did get to work with the Pixies. I did work with the Pixies, yes, recently. So I, I got wow. to, so we've talked about this on other episodes, but I've done a lot of, um, one of my clients is the House of Blues. Uh -oh, and when, awesome. when they sell out a show, this is unique to the Anaheim location. Mm -hmm. When they sell out a show as a gift from the venue to the band <laughs> and their, their team, their management, they'll give skateboard decks with like unique art that says sold out the date and so forth. That is awesome. I was able to do the Pixies sold out show. No kidding. Congrats. Um, That's their, awesome. Their skateboard deck for the Pixies. Yeah. So that was cool. So, that is cool. Well, That's really I want to, now I have more questions. Um, <laughs> so the Pixies thing, um, and we've talked about this before on our show, but was it a, like a gig poster that you did for them or was it an album? Yes. Okay. It was a gig poster. And, um, the, the venue changed, but my art didn't. So it comes out tomorrow. Um, I'm not supposed to talk about it, but it, it's not a big deal now, right? Okay, um, yeah, it'll be it, after the fact. <laughs> um, it was for the Anaheim location. And so oh. I did um, my interpretation of the Pixies at Anaheim, which is, you know, Disneyland to me. Yeah. So yeah. the location changed to Napa, but my art didn't. So it's kind of, it was, you know, it's like great, great. And everything was working together. And then the venue changed. So it's a little bit of a wah wah for me because, <laughs> right. you know, I had themed it towards Anaheim, which makes a lot of sense to me. Sure. And people in Napa are not going to get it. They're like, why did you do this? Yeah. So they won't get it, <laughs> but I got it, you know? So how did you get that job? Because it, it must be strange to be such a fan of, of a group like that, specifically a group like that too. Um, how did you go about getting that job? Did you pursue it or did you? No, I didn't. Somebody approached me for it. Wow. And that was wow. awesome. Yeah. Incredible. And it's, you know, it's a kind of a pinch me moment yeah. that that happened. Now, did you work with them directly on a lot of the stuff or no. was it through someone else? No. And that was the other thing I wanted to go, you know, to that, the gig and have my poster and yeah. like <laughs> meet black Francis and, you know, or Frank black. Um, and, uh, didn't happen. Yeah. So, oh, well. So you were a fan though, when you were young, when you were growing up? Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> uh, for AD, you know, it's funny cause that, uh, the Vaughn Oliver was, he, and, um, was doing the pixies and uh, throwing muses. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was like at the same time I was learning graphic design was. Yeah. And so I was like, that's, that's it. That's what I want to do. Wow. So um, it's kind of, it was kind of symbolic to me of like, that's what I wanted to do as a graphic designer. So having to done the pixies was more emotional to me because of what I started out to do. And then the funny thing is, is I'm illustrating a poster, which is, the opposite of what I would have thought I would have done had I done something for the picture. Yeah, that's crazy. That's so exciting, though. I think it's we do all this work for moments like that. <laughs> but you know what? I don't know about you, but um, like when I was doing ESPN, mm -hmm. it was easier for me because I wasn't emotionally attached. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because I'm not a sports guy, you know? Right. So um, there's some kind of freedom with not 
you get to completely work for your audience Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, it's like, oh, this is something I've always wanted to do. Those projects are hard for me still, you know? Yeah. My first project with Disney, it was just a very little thing. It was kind of like a test, like do some stylized princesses or something like that just to see. And I (laughs) completely blew it. I choked. You know, it was just... I was just working myself up into a <laughs> into a frenzy that made me nervous, and then I stopped doing what I normally do. And I thought, "Oh, this is Disney. I got to give them something better than than what I do because what I do couldn't be good." <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, I, I completely, one hundred percent understand. And that. it was just like the worst <laughs> feeling. Like you could, you know, it's rare that you have bad jobs like that, but where you can just hear it in the art director's voice, like they're kind of letting you down nicely, you know, like, Oh, this kind of isn't what we expect. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have thought of it like that. huh? Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know if that, um, I mean, it was definitely a good learning experience at that point to just sort of, look, they brought you on to do this thing. So do that thing. Like, don't, don't, I still, I'm still not there to be perfectly honest, Jared. I still doubt what I'm doing every time. Like, yeah, I can't do what they wanted me to do. Like, right. I'm not there yet. I don't know if I'll ever be there. I, you know, somebody came up to me and like, do you have your stuff all over your house? No way. I don't want to look at it once I do it. <laughs> I see all the wrong, I see I'm everything I did wrong. When it comes to my work. Too. Are you too? Like, yeah, I mean, I, you just know you could have done it so much better every time. Yeah, you see, which is hard. You see the mistakes or the little shortcuts or things like, oh, if I had another five hours, I would have done that. And yeah, that's yeah, tough for sure. But or it didn't come out like you know you you the colors you chose right printed a little bit wrong. Oh yeah, that that's a whole different nightmare. But um, I think it good though. Like it kind of keeps you on your toes, right? Like for sure. So you, yeah. you never send off anything cocky because the minute you do that, it comes back with like, nope. <laughs> try again um so absolutely yeah. yeah no i mean you always it's the same thing you always got to evolve you got to understand that there are especially these days there are a uh, hundred thousand people who want to do that job yes. so if you don't deliver somebody else will okay this will be my last question i promise mark but sure i don't believe you <laughs> do you see that like <laughs> I, I don't know if that like i b- agree with you completely with everything you've said today um and i wonder if that is um, something we got from coming up in the time that we did. And that sounds like a classic old person to say, but I see a very different attitude in the younger artists that are coming up. Or it's rare that I see this perspective in kids that are coming up now. They are very confident these days. They they ask me for mm-hmm. advice, but they really just want a name and a phone number. You know, they really Absolutely. don't want it's a, it's a very strange thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you said, what are the questions you get at... at um, artists and residents mm-hmm. this time it was more about computer but normally it's just like who do i have to talk to to take your chair away from you yeah exactly That's basically what they want to know <laughs> right um and you know we've talked before this just you know not a lot but we've we've talked and yeah. i i agree that we have a similar perspective and i think we're coming from a similar place yeah um but and it's rare there's not a lot of people that are in the same position yeah we are i don't know why i don't know i never really racked it up to age but um it could be. Yeah, I don't know if it's just uh, timing. You know, maybe it's timing more than a specific age. And, and mm-hmm. maybe people that uh, were before me think I'm being sort of a spoiled brat or something like <laughs> with with my expectations. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think you're being a brat. Uh, usually totally. Usually. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, exactly. But it is. It's a, it's an amazing. 
I guess that's great that they have that confidence. But I'm like, well, before I give you that phone number, which I'm not going to give you, maybe we should take a look at your work here. Like, <laughs> right. You know, like it seems like they no, can I just totally agree. jump right over that. It doesn't matter. I just need to get there. And yeah, it, it's hard for me to, uh, I tend to just ignore the emails now as opposed to trying to word something very carefully. <laughs> you you know, know what I generally say? And again, this may crop as bratty, but you know, um, I met people. I've been doing this for over 20 years. Yeah. And so I've met people along the way. Right. And automatic. I don't think people say, Oh, well I've been doing this for six months. I'm still in school. I should, I should be an artist in residence. <laughs> I think that kind of takes, you know, it kind of answers the question a little bit. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be condescending. Right. I, I hope it doesn't come off that way, but honestly, there is something to be said for, you know, hard docs and, you know, learning these things yep. and, becoming a professional it doesn't just happen once you get paid right yeah i agree i'm like i think you're asking the wrong question <laughs> yeah for sure yeah so that's that's great that's great to hear well th i can't thank you enough for coming on and, and doing this uh talk with us it was my pleasure i uh, there's a like i said there's a million more questions i i could probably ask um, especially we didn't touch on so many of your other impressive clients and the work that you've done but we will definitely leave uh links to your site and your etsy store in our show notes so that people can go check it out if they don't already know who you are trust me if you're a disney fan if you've been to disneyland you've seen jeff's work um, so just go look at his portfolio and be amazed at all the stuff you've probably already bought. Thank you. I, I really, it's been fun talking to you. Like I said, we've talked a little bit, but it's yeah. fun to actually, you know, we've, we've talked in front of a store, right. you know, this is nice <laughs> to be able to talk about some real things. Um, so thank you Get so much for having me on. Here. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I normally it's a little bit more balanced. Um, I know Jared is probably excited that he got his own show, his yeah. own podcast <laughs> this episode. But um, I apologize if anybody missed my voice. Uh, I will be back, I'm sure. Um, but I want to again, thanks you, Jeff, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Like Jared said, there's so many more questions we probably could be asking you. Um, I know for me, now that I, we have a common interest with the music, I'd love <laughs> to get you back on, talk a little bit about that. Um, but also we'll have links to his stuff in the show notes. Um, but, but the last thing before we wrap up, uh, I want to throw an ask out there to our listeners. If, if you do enjoy the show, please tell one of your friends to try us out. Somebody that might be interested in Jared and I's perspective on pop culture, on art and design. Tell a friend and hopefully they'll be along for this squared co podcast ride and you guys can talk about us together um so yeah please <laughs> tell somebody and if you aren't already following us we are on all the social media at squared co um but that's it for today thank you so much for listening we'll see you later bye